Hi, I'm Emma McMahon, CBRE's Head of Sustainability for Pacific. This week, CBRE is celebrating Wellness Week, where we focus on the role that sustainability and wellness plays in shaping the future of the property industry. As part of this initiative, we've launched a new podcast series called Carpool Conversations, where we'll talk to some of the owners, occupiers and industry groups who are leading this agenda. Today, I'm carpooling with Jexus's Head of Sustainability, Paul Wall. Thanks to Evoke, Australia's first zero emission luxury chauffeur service. Paul, thanks for your time today. Dexis has been one of the market leaders when it comes to sustainability initiatives and achievements, uh, demonstrated recently in the latest GRES results. Can you run through what the main drivers have been for your organisation to have such a strong focus on sustainability and what have been some of the key outcomes to date? Yeah, firstly, it's uh, wonderful to be picked up in a Tesla. <laughs> it's one of my uh, favourite cars and uh, you know, certainly driving the um, uh, renewables uh, revolution. So, yep. great idea. Um, yeah, Texas, I suppose, may be starting with GRES, the Global Real Estate Sustainability Benchmark. It's, um, it covers 63 countries, uh, mm. there's about 850 participants, and it covers over $3 trillion worth of assets globally. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's really broad um, ranging, and we are obviously proud to be number one globally in listed office. And yeah, our DW, very impressive result this year. Yeah, yeah, and DWPF fund was number one diversified office retail. So yeah. you know, it's a great way to express to our investors how we're managing our non-financial risks because there's a yep. lot of evidence out there that says that businesses who manage their non-financial risks, being environmental, social and governance, perform better um, financially. Yeah. And is that something your investors ask you a lot of questions about as well? Yeah, we get a lot of inquiry from investors and actually more and more inquiry. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, at a high level, a lot of them will just look at the scoring in Grizz, but yep. look at the scoring in DJSI and that type of thing. But others will call us up, we'll trawl our website, we'll want to talk through Grizz line by line. So there's a, mm. uh, I suppose there's a different level of interest, but a, certainly a heightened level of interest amongst investors. Yeah, and that to them is for that mitigating that financial risk of their investments. Absolutely. Yeah. For, for long-term secure investments, mm. they really look to the businesses that manage their, their ESG risks really well. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. And what are, the, what are the key changes you reckon you've, you as an organisation and across the portfolio have, have done to increase that score and to initiatives that you've implemented across the portfolio? Yeah, the GRIS rewards basically a good sustainability platform all the way from how you manage your emissions, how good your data is, yep. your coverage of data. They ask for reporting on an equity basis and also try and get as much tenant data because they want to capture as much data and influence as much as the market as mm. they can. So your data capture is really important. Ratings, neighbours ratings, Green Star yep. ratings, yep. Green Star performance ratings. Uh, we do level one energy audits and all our assets. Mm -hmm. We have what we call strategic improvement plans, which yep. map out every initiative, uh, their environmental benefit, their cost benefit. So it's all those things that really start at a ground level and probably a lot of those things that our CBRE partners do for us yeah. at a ground level that, that really build up into what a GRES score looks like and yeah. how, how we're portrayed in the market. And that holistic view, I guess, of what's happening in the portfolio, not just at that base building level. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how much engagement are you seeing from your tenants, from your occupiers? in either GRESP score or sustainability in general. Do you see it's improving? Do you see there's a bit more engagement there? Yeah, there's certainly engagement from tenants, especially 
One of the things that drove the early uplift in, in Neighbours' ratings and energy efficiency was the government leasing strategy. Yes. Because yep. government is the biggest tenant mm. yep. in the market. So that really drove change. A lot of the large corporates are interested in our performance and also with commercial building disclosure, the Neighbours' rating is front and centre with, mm. with any lease negotiations. Yep. And I think they're making that link between you know good performance of building and quality to, to a good Neighbours' rating. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. great. And have you focused much on the on the newer tools like the waste and neighbours indoor environment? Yeah, so focusing well, on the the air quality and thermal comfort, overall comfort of occupiers. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, wellness is now really important to us for our customers and also for our own people. Mm. Um, the better your environment. Um, the more productive that you are and your staff are and your customers' yep. um, staff are. So we've adopted the Neighbours Indoor Environment Tool for the first time this year across the portfolio. Yep. We've done Neighbours Water and Energy for some time, but the waste and the indoor environment tools probably weren't as bedded down as those other tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they've adjusted those tools as well, haven't they, to make them more user-friendly yeah. and worked a bit more closely with industry as well to make them work. Absolutely, and neighbours have been really good at that. And it's coming to a you know a stage now where we can have a full suite of... I can see it at some point we'll have a full suite. We'll have the indoor environment, the mm. waste, the water and the energy in, in one place. And, yeah. Um, and the, yeah, the indoor environment tool is has really come um, a long way and, and um, it's probably our sort of tool of choice at the moment for measuring yep. that indoor environment. Yep. And you're seeing that driven by occupier demand or is that something you yourselves as an organisation are choosing to go down that path? I think we identified it before the occupiers really yeah. identified it. Yep. And I think that's our place in the market is to try and educate. You know, we're experts in property and, mm-hmm. you know, we need to put these practices in place ourselves and then educate the market. And I yep. think that's that's what we're doing. And, and I think you'll find now that the market is educating pretty quickly on uh, this. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess they're seeing that the, in, in terms of sustainability, perhaps it's it's difficult for them to really touch and feel kilowatt hours or kiloliters, whether you're talking about energy or water. Whereas when you're talking about health and well-being, it's something they can actually touch and feel a bit yeah, more. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a massive cost to business is, is their staff costs. Absolutely, yeah. And, um, you know, for a lot, lot more than their energy costs unless they're an industrial tenant. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, it's extremely important to their productivity and just the happiness of their, their workers. Really. And where do, you, where do you see that trend developing? Obviously, we have Neighbours, i.e. the well-building standard has had a huge amount of interest in the market globally, but particularly here in Australia. Gresb as well is now looking at health and well-being module. Yeah. Where do you actually see it going and developing? Yeah, I think wellness. Now, a lot of these tools that have come out have given enormous insights into wellness and the benefits of wellness. Mm. And we sort of have embraced just about every part of those tools. But there's a number of ways you can implement that. And we're doing a lot internally at Dexas, And we've got a just a well-being structure that doesn't follow any particular format or yeah. tool. Yeah. You know, we've developed communi- At an organisational level for yeah, your own staff. that's right, yep. yeah. Yep. And we've developed these communities. We've got, you know, sort of recognition communities. We've got wellness communities and corporate yep. responsibility communities, which are just members of our staff that just are bandied together. They've not really got no rules or, mm-hmm. or you know, they yep. just go out and do stuff yep. and you'll see and stuff. And they're passionate about it themselves. They're passionate about yep. it and it just really drives it through the organisation and, um, and especially like in sustainability, I, I'm amazed sometimes at the emails that I get and the <laughs> um, you know the people doing stuff at home. You know, with the buying, the, have you heard of this product? They, they always send yeah, this stuff to me. Yeah. It's fantastic. We've got this yeah. little group of champions that just 
are really engaged. And I think that that's a reflection, too, of the broader community and our broader customer base. I think they really love when we're doing great things to save energy yeah. and waste and yeah. bring them on, on board. It's a really engaging And also, subject. do you find it's because often those with families, their kids are actually learning a lot more about sustainable initiatives in school. Yeah. So their kids are actually teaching them a lot about yeah. it at home, and therefore they're bringing that to the office with them. Exactly. We're, having, we're in Sustainability Week this week. We're calling it uh, Disposable Truths. Oh, okay. And, uh, and we've got on our internet, we've had photos of what our kids are doing at home. And, yeah, and, yeah. And one of my colleagues, Sam, her, her kids built this um, uh, robot out of, uh, you know, old cardboard and <laughs> yeah, models and right, things. Okay. And it was just, this was so cute. And it was just, yeah. and that's the sort of thing kids are doing these days. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, yeah they're really embracing Very engaged around it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With waste itself, obviously that can obviously be a tricky one to get engagement around. It's not always the seen as the, the sexy side of sustainability, yeah. I guess. But we are seeing there's a huge amount more interest in it and a lot more engagement as well around, you know, what can we actually do? And equally, probably a bit of frustration because of the disconnect maybe between what our cleaners and contractors are doing or perhaps saying where the waste is going to landfill, where it should be being diverted to a recycling facility. I know obviously you're focusing a lot as well on the waste agenda. What specifically are you targeting there? A lot of waste goes to landfill from our buildings, lots and lots. And we were toying with the idea of just making a display of boxes. So we might have three square metres of boxes and say Mm -hmm. in the foyer and say this is what goes to landfill. Yep from this building just to visualise so people in the building can understand wow this is how yeah. much is going to landfill yeah. and it hits you in your face as you're coming into the building exactly. as well it's not in an email it's, it's yeah, actually it, you visual. can actually yeah. see it and landfill's a massive problem and landfill's expensive absolutely you know, there, you know yeah. there's an EPA levy on that which doubles the price and anything that you can do once again you could save occupancy costs for your customers you can engage your customers because they're mm-hmm. part of the journey in, in yeah. helping you know, avoiding landfill and, you know, there's so many benefits. We're just such a wasteful society. There's so many opportunities out there for us to save money and yep. and, and help the environment at the yep. same time. Absolutely. Still on Occupy Our Engagement and as it relates to technology, we're seeing ourselves when we survey occupiers, there's a big gap in the market between perhaps what they're seeing is available in the buildings that they occupy versus what they need as a business. In terms of technology and sustainability and how we can use technology to operate buildings more efficiently, you guys, I guess, obviously across the portfolio have been implementing a number of different systems to do that. How effective have you seen that been or what have the challenges been along the way with technology in your buildings? Yeah, so I suppose the the biggest thing we've done, we we probably pulled most energy efficiency levers we can with plant upgrades and commissioning. So our next phase is analytics. So Mm -hmm. we've implemented an analytics platform across 44 of our sites. Mm -hmm. So those 44 sites have got very different systems. So this analytics changes the language of all those systems into one language. Mm. So we can have a central analytics platform which monitors the performance of the assets. Yeah. And Um, performance being energy and water predominantly. Yeah, energy and water predominantly. But we're also bringing lifts into that platform. Okay, yep. And we're also bringing environmental sensors into that platform as well. Mm -hmm. So what we'll have is a, a massive database of all our services in one language. And then as artificial intelligence yep. gets better and machine learning, gradually the, the manual intervention will go. So I think what we're doing yeah. is building this. We've got a great purpose for it 
initially on our most complex service to improve energy efficiency and comfort. Yep. But there's massive, broad-ranging uses for that data once it's compiled in one spot in one mm, language yep. because we call it our virtual engineer program, but there's still manual intervention. Once a virtual engineer spits something out and says this is likely yep, happening, yep. you still have to act upon it. But with AI, we think that that we'll database information in will be just yep. really powerful. Yep. Would you say in a similar way to how you feel you're leading the way in the sustainability agenda and leading your occupier and, and customers through that journey, would you say it's a similar way for technology? Do you see that's something that they're driving? They want to know how, what technology is doing to improve the efficiency of the assets? Yeah. Or are you more just leading them through that process? I think we're, we're more leading through the process. It's, it's funny how things have changed. It, FM's always managed the technology in the buildings, but now yeah. we're seeing that move over to our IT space. Right. Yeah, because yeah, okay. it's becoming more IT than hard technical on the mm. ground. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting how it's shifted. And we've got a person uh, who's dedicated to smart buildings within our IT department, and they work very closely with the FMs, but they're building up the strategy. Right, so okay. while the FM team drive the analytics and that type of thing, the further application of all that data is being driven by our IT. And okay. one of the, the next sort of domains we're looking at is behaviours of our customers and tenants. So mm-hmm. being able to see who interacts with who, how many people are in the building. And yep. then once you get how that... How they're using the space. How they're using the yep. space. And then you can optimise the space that they need. So I think the way that customers are using space is changing. Mm-hmm. And I think the more technology that we get and the more visibility on behaviours, the better we can match space to their needs yep. and also the better we can adapt the services to their needs. So it can be you know, on-demand air conditioning, lighting, access. So Sensor it, technology, yeah. different Wi-Fi technology. Yeah, absolutely, and plug-and-play <laughs> with Wi-Fis. And, yep. um, yeah, so there's a real focus in this area. And, and yeah, we're really yeah, we're in a technology boom. We have been for the last couple of years, mm, but it's yep. just exponential at the moment. Um, the... So NCOS, National Carbon Offset Standard, just released yeah. its carbon neutral program. What are your thoughts around carbon neutral and does Texas have plans to move down that path? Yeah, absolutely. We're mapping out our pathway to net zero as we speak. Right. There's a lot of things that are landing at the moment. Mm. The NCOS building standard has just yep. landed. Green Building Council are working on their net zero proposition through... Green Star mm-hmm. neighbours are looking the seven at stars. yeah the yep. seven star or what they end up call that whether they have a two separate tools or they they still acknowledge the green power in the same way in the one tool but there's going to be some changes mm-hmm. there and there's a number of claims that you can make whether it's carbon neutral net zero net zero emissions net zero energy yeah and you know obviously energy is is the big that's our main emission source yeah and we're just mapping out what that looks like and also with the um, political environment at the moment and the Finkel review and also the coalition's energy policy that came out and that, look I thought the Finkel's a fantastic review and both sides of politics have adopted 49 of the 50 the clean energy target now has been thrown out by the coalition but what they've put in place seems quite reasonable and it seems like it will drive renewables and it will yep. drive dispatchable energy and, and reliability but nothing's going to be perfect but we need bipartisan support. That's all we need. So if, mm-hmm. if, if the coalition position can work, they just need to move it off the political agenda and say, let's just run with this so there's certainty in the market. The market yep. just wants certainty. And if we've got that certainty platform, I think our country can really benefit for, you know, through jobs and through technology. It's a real opportunity for mm-hmm. us. 
Thanks for your time today, Paul. Not every day you get to a trip to work in a Tesla. <laughs> Next time we'll have to pick you up down the coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a bit no, of a longer trip. Absolutely. No, it was a great chat and a great yeah. ride in, so thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. you.